Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. So the next sequel that we're going to be covering is one of those holy grail sequels that when we first started this podcast four years ago, me and Jamie said we got to do. I know one of mine was Weekend at Bernie's 2. Another one was Death Wish 3. Still have a couple that are out there, but man, after next week, we're going to scratch one off the list. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And for it, I talked with Probably, I say this a lot, but man, one of my favorite guests that I ever connected with, actress Marjean Holden in the movie. She plays Shiva, the fan favorite character that she said after doing this role, even though her fight scene was cut, we talk about that. We talk about her audition process and how much she wanted that role and how much she fought for it. So it was kind of disappointing for her, obviously, you know, not having that big fight scene in the movie. But we talked about a little, probably some of the factors that were going on in the mid 90s when it comes to, you know, special effects and visual effects. And we talked about that a lot. And man, I'm telling you, out of so many people I've interviewed, probably over 150, 125, I don't know exactly the number, origin stories I love. And I got to say, Marjean's is one of those. That her journey from Minnesota to Arizona State to L.A. is quite fascinating because there are so many dominoes in place that fell the right way for her to go from Arizona State where she was going to school and she was modeling in France. We talked about that. Just the fact that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is the crux of all of that. So I don't even want to spoil it because I think it's such a cool story, the way that all happened. And then the fact that she also does stunt work. So she was doing stunt work. Uh, somebody approached her and said, hey, you ever tried doing stunts? And then she's working on Speed. She's working on John Carpenter's Vampires, which is, I got to say, one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard in this podcast. It was so awesome. She worked on Speed 2 doing stunts, Blade, Bordello of Blood, Bulletproof, so much. And then acting-wise... Acting-wise, she's in so many cool movies. She worked with uh, our friend Kathleen Kinmon on a movie. She was uh, in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, A Different World. Just so many different roles over the years. But obviously a big one was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And then getting a series. That's what an actor always wants. She had she worked on Crusade, which I thought was so cool talking to her about that. Uh, because the cast in that was really neat for the time it was like all those people were getting ready to to get big like uh daniel day kim gary cole and of course margine there were so many people in that and then boom the next year she does what everybody wants to do and, and lands a, a series regular role on beastmaster so that was a pretty neat story as well but yeah i just love hearing her stories about hollywood and all these other avenues she almost went into but uh man you're going to like this one. Me and Marjean, I'm a little giddy right now because we connected like in the summer of 21 and then she proposed a time and something came up with me. One of my, probably my daughter wasn't feeling well or something. And then, and then we just lost touch. And then I went into my email because so we needed somebody to chat with. And I was like, man, you know what? Maybe Marjean will answer. Boom. She answers that night. And then we talked three days later. I love that. So much fun. Okay. Do me a favor. If you're new here, welcome. If you've been here before, you look great. Is that a new shirt? Man, I love it. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, rate, share, follow us on social media at sequels only. If you use YouTube, subscribe there too. We put unedited video interviews on there. And then also all of our sequel reviews are on there as well. And then also, if you if you haven't heard before, I helped uh, actor Larry Hankin. You know him from Seinfeld. He was Mr. Heckles on Friends. He's like 200 credits. You know him from so many things if you see his face. If you Google it right now, Larry Hankin, you'd be like, oh, I know that guy. So I helped him put the, put together his book. It's called That Guy, uh, A Cautionary Tale. And what I'll do is I'll put that in, link in the episode notes if you want to check it out. If not, that's fine too. But uh, yeah, so yeah, That Guy, A Cautionary Memoir. I always mix those words up. They both sound great because it's a great book. But uh, So that's it. Without further ado, here is actress stunt woman and we also talk about her directing that's on the horizon margine holden any good nuggets or anything that uh yeah <laughs> you know just in case yeah no definitely no so it's funny we we connected sort of I, it was definitely 2021 i don't think it was 2020 right I think it was like summer of 21 and obviously yep. 
the world was on fire and everything. It's so neat when I looked at your IMDb and now I look again, like when I reconnected with you and it looks like Uh you got some things back in the works. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few things going on. So that's really exciting. It's good. You know, now I just need to find my angel investor and I'm good. (laughs) Oh, for something you're writing or producing? Something I'm producing and directing. Cool. Have you directed before? Yeah, I did a short before, but you know, it's it's one of those things where it was really bizarre because as soon as I got behind the camera, I was like, "Oh, this is really natural, <laughs> supernatural for me." So I went, "Uh huh, okay." And then a script came to me through um, Darren McBee, who I was in Mortal Kombat with. Oh, nice. And he had tried to get this thing off the ground in the 80s and was like, oh, I want you to direct this. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're in the works with that. That's cool. How did directing come about? Was there like a short film festival and you were like, let me take a stab at it? Or No, it was somebody that I had met in the industry like, oh my God, 20 years ago. And he was a fan when I was acting. And was like, hey, I have this comic book that I really want you to star in the feature film of it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And it just has never happened. And then a few years ago, he was like, well, do you want to direct? And I'm like, yeah, I want to direct. That's always been my plan was to go from in front of the camera to behind the camera. Always. And he was like, well, let's do this short film. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and we ran into some complications and things like that. But, you know, it's done. But as soon as I did that, I was like, okay, I need to do this more. Yeah. No, I've talked to people and you've been, you've done what every actor wants to do is to get on a series that you're on there for a while with Beastmaster. Yeah. And, I, and uh, I don't know if there's like a certain episode limit that actors, that, that shows have to be. But a lot of times, and I never knew this until I talked to... The name escapes me. An actor was on. Uh, he was on Star Trek Voyager, and he said, like in the second year, when they knew, like, hey, this is working, they were like, hey, uh, do you want to try to direct? So there was like one week every year that he was like yeah. watching everything and learning. Did you? Did they offer that on on that show? No, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we only went three seasons on Beastmaster. Okay, so. Yeah, so it was, I came on season two, and then season three, they were like, oh, we're not going to continue. I was like, but I had written a script that was, you know, like geared towards season four, and I submitted it to them, and they were like, this is really, this is really good. We can't, we're not going to make it. But it's really good. So that to me was really, you know, when I um, talked to the showrunner about it and he was like, you know, Marjane, you, you've got what it takes to be a writer and you should pursue it. He said because he came from being an actor and was like, as soon as I started writing and directing, that's when my whole world just opened up. He said, you know, and I didn't miss acting at all. Yeah. No, so I, was like, cool. I can see that. You learn everything, you know, while you're in mm-hmm. front of the camera. And then when you're behind the camera, you know the things to tell actors because you did the job before. Yes. And they respect you more because you're like, you know, I've done it for 30 years, 40 years. And then they'd be able to help them out. But I think Beastmaster is so fascinating because I, it's so crazy. They did that Beastmaster TV movie, like I think like two years before that. That was like a, originally supposed to be like a Beastmaster four, and then they were gonna try to launch launch it into a movie. And it's so crazy the people they got to be in that show, and it was just like a one pilot movie. It was like Patrick right. Kilpatrick, Tony Todd was in it, uh-huh. and obviously what Mark uh, can't think of his Singer. name. Mark Singer was in it. And you're like wow, mm-hmm. but uh, that's so cool that there was a series. But here's what yeah, I would like right. to find out from people the most okay. is how how did it all begin? So you grew up in Minnesota. Yes. Well, I was born in Minnesota, moved to Colorado when I was almost eight, and was there until I graduated high school. And in fourth grade, 
I produced, directed, and starred in my first production. Wow. You know, okay. The Three Little Pigs. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you're in fourth grade, right? So we had done this play, <laughs> and it was, I got a, you know, like a an accommodation at school, like a, a an award for doing that. Nice. And I came home, and I told my mom, I'm going to be an actress. And she was like, oh, that's nice, dear. <laughs> like, Okay. And then when I went to college, I had met some people that were doing a short film and they needed production assistance. So I went and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you guys. They're a bunch of college guys and they're, you know, directing and producing and they're like getting into the business. And I was like, cool, I'll come help you, you know, and I just kind of, you know, did whatever they needed to be done right in production. And they said to me, so, hey, there's this film that's going to be shooting and they're looking for production assistance. You should go and apply. And I went, okay. So I went over to the production office and applied as a production assistant on a movie called Campus Man. Campus Man? Who was in that? Anyone? um, John Dye, Kathleen Wilhoyt, Steve Lyon, and, oh my God, she was on Army Wives. Um. And this was at the school you were at? They were going to shoot at the this college? Was this oh, was at ASU. This was at ASU. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So John Landau was the producer. Okay. And yeah. And I was like, oh, I need a job. So they hired me. Oh <laughs> they God. hired me as a production assistant. So I worked in the office from the minute the production started until the very end of the production. I was the last, like me and one of the accountants were the last people <laughs> in the office. We literally shut the office. And after that production, a another production came to town and they were looking for production assistants. So I was like, hey, I've got, you know experience and I went over to their office and got a job over there that happened to be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure whoa that shot at ASU too uh-huh wow yeah and Steve Herrick was the director on that and there was a part in there for a student giving a speech on stage and I had gotten a job as a model for a magazine over in France and went over, shot all of the editorial stuff, came back. And as soon as I came back, the director, Stephen, said, hey, there's this part. I've auditioned everybody here, and I didn't like anyone. Do you want the part? Oh and God. I went, sure. So that's how I got my first part in the film industry. Oh, my God. Wow. So yeah. how... So how did modeling come about? Just I know my buddy went to ASU. This is uh, he went in like the two thousands, and there's like mm-hmm. Miss ASU, and they do like that. Is that something they did in the eighties too, or no? I mean, they they might have, but that's not how big I, party school. That's not how I got into it. Huge party school. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a Sigma <laughs> new little sister, so <laughs> I was around all the the you know fraternity row and. <laughs> You know, all of the parties and all of that stuff. But I, you know, really was like, hey, I want to be a model and found an agency there and just kind of sort of started doing things slowly and really kept going and kept going. And then when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was wrapped... There was one of the production, um, at the time she was, I don't know if she was a line producer or whatever, but she needed her car driven back to LA. (laughs) And I was like, I'll drive it back for you. (laughs) No big deal. Because she was going on to another production and she couldn't take her car back. So I drove her car back to her place in LA. There was our special effects guy, um, Barry Nolan was like, hey, do you want to move to L.A.? If you're moving to L.A., I have a condo in, in North Hollywood. Do you want to rent it? And I'm like, yeah. Do you want to see it first? Nope. If it's yours, I don't need to, you know. And then, you know, got my sister and my brother. And was like, we're moving to California. Okay. 
Were they older, younger? Older. They're both no. older. Nice. And moved to L.A. in May of 1987. Wow. And then that that's yep. like where it took off, like your IMDb, like right away. Was it yeah. from the line producer or the special effects guy? Did they put you in with anyone or you just went to open no, casting? No, I just went to open castings. I, you know, hit the road and tried to get agents and found an agent and then met some other girls and, and you know, just kind of started working in the industry and was like, you know, I worked up at Universal Studios for about three months as a tour guide. I thought, oh, this will be a great way to, <laughs> you know, get my foot in the door. Not really. Um, <laughs> you know, because all you're doing is really doing the tour. That's it. So, but I learned a lot about the film industry. I learned more than I could ever want to know about Universal Studios <laughs> and all of the production there. And it was, you know, it was really cool because we had to know everything from the start of the tour to the end of the tour. So, and my brother worked as a tour guide as well. Nice. We were one of the only brother-sister tour guide teams and we used to have down, we'd go from the upper lot down, we'd have to drive down to the lower lot where the tour really started, where things, where there were things you could see, because the first part of the tour was just the upper part of Universal, and then you drove down this long hill, which was like the hill of death for everybody, <laughs> because if you got stuck on the hill, there's nothing to point anyone to to see except the <laughs> hill right there's nothing there so you just had end up talking and you're just talking and talking and if you run out of like your material you you run the risk of getting to one of the other spots on the tour which was right next to like the the construction warehouse like the mill yeah zero zero to talk about. <laughs> so you didn't want to want to like tell all of your stall stories at the very beginning of the tour, because otherwise then you'd have nothing, nothing to talk about. And then it was just like, and we're just going to be quiet for a few minutes. Yeah. We're just going to hang out. Did you guys go through like the, the neighborhoods that were built out, like the Griswold's mm -hmm. neighborhood and everything? Cool. Yeah, at that time, what did we go through? We went through Times Square, which was uh, for Back to the Future. Oh, nice. Right? The clock, the clock yep. tower. So that was there. New York Street was there. Um, we'd go through King Kong. There was a big King Kong, Kong stage. So we'd go through King Kong. And then at the end, we'd go through um, the Murder, She Wrote set and through Jaws. And then up through... Um, where the Bates Motel was and then all the way up at the end of the tour was you know you'd go through this tunnel and it was like this avalanche tunnel it's like the tram is you know it's turning and everyone's uh, freaking out you know and if you get vertigo you're like Ugh, you gotta <laughs> kind of like just close your eyes and look ahead you know <laughs> so and then the, and then the tour was done and we'd say goodbye and See then you the, later. Then the next group. No, it's sad. The, they just yeah. knocked down that back lot, the Universal, the way yeah. they did the Griswolds and mm -hmm. like Gremlins and Lethal Weapon. And uh, I was talking to Patrick Laberto, who was like on uh -huh. Little House of the yeah. Prairie and stuff. And I was talking yeah. to him like three weeks before because he's just because he was a kid actor. He's like a historian. Like he was telling me all these stories. And like three weeks later, I was like, I saw this video online and I'm like, oh, this is sad. Yeah, that they're doing. Super sad. That. There's a bunch of sound stages back there now. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Not cool. Yeah, Not cool. which is which is sad. I mean, I used to live right across the street from there, and we could see, you know, we could see the Bates. That's awesome. You know, house, you know, and that was the Hitch, you know, the whole Hitchcock set and stuff like that. But yeah. It's gone. Yeah. I, you're bummer. Well, you're sort of buddy. I don't know if you were friends with him for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but Brian Thompson started his career on Universal, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. how he got the- Conan was, show. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you know? He was already- Was he there yes. still? He was, let's see. Yeah. Brian was still there. Whoa. Because Cobra. Was, yeah. Cobra yeah. was right around that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Brian, Darren McBee, like a bunch of the gladiators, Gary Casper, Karen Shepard, um, Mark Dacascos, all of them. So cool that there's that many yeah. people. He was saying like the competition of it because you wanted to be that number one Conan for like that big time slot. And then if a guy yes. got sick or he didn't show, it was like he'd be like, it would keep switching and keep switching. And he said, he remember when he got that phone call that day that he got the movie and he was like, I didn't know if they were going to be excited for me because they were auditioning for stuff and not getting the yes. And that's pretty cool that you were there at that same time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So what was that first role? So while you're there, obviously you're, you're auditioning. Are you modeling when you're in LA or doing commercials too? Yep. I modeled for 10 years. I did commercials all the way up until I stopped in 2005. So, but I primarily, after I was modeling for about 10 years, I mean, I had a great agent, stars, Derek Washington, my my agent for modeling was amazing because he kept, he would push, like he kept pushing. Like, he's like, and you got to do commercials. Because I wasn't even really thinking about commercials when I first got out there. I was just like, hey, I'm going to model. And I'm going to be an actor. I didn't really kind of put acting with commercials. And he just started pushing me towards commercials and doing a bunch of stuff in commercials. And, um, yeah. And then after 10 years of modeling, I was like, I don't think I can model it. I can't can't do any modeling anymore. I just really, you know, I, I, I stopped having the desire for that and really put myself full on into acting and started training with my acting coach, Rick Walters, who passed away last summer at the ripe old age of like, he was well into his nineties. Oh wow. Um, and was still teaching, was still teaching. Yeah. And, you know, I started training with him, let's see, 87, 88, 89, in 89, (laughs) and was with him for forever. And then when I stopped in like 2005, I just stopped going to class because I wasn't going to do any acting and went into the personal growth world and was leading seminars and did that for years and years. And then when I moved back to LA in 2018, started going to class again. Nice. Nice. What was that first role? Obviously this is something you wanted to do since you got that accommodation in uh, fourth grade, but was, was there like the first time you were on a set that you nailed a role? Was it like a different world or that you're like, you know what, this is something I could really do for, for the rest of my life. Right. Well, the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was one that was just like, that really hit yeah. because it got me in the union and oh, yeah. I made a ton of money and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can do this. Like I can do this. But then when I really started going out on auditions consistently, I would get some every once in a while and then I wouldn't get some. And my first acting coach in LA, uh, Floyd Levine, He's Brian, um, uh, Brian Robbins, Brian <laughs> Robbins, Tolan, Tolan Robbins. They had a huge production company. He was on Saved by the Bell. So his dad, Floyd Levine, was my acting coach, the first acting coach I had in L.A. And he always said, he was like, you know what? One day it's you. One day it's them. One day it's them and not you. You know, so... It was, it just was what it was. And he's like, Hollywood thrives on mediocrity. If you're too good, you know, you may not get the roles. Yeah. If you're just kind of average, you'll, you'll work, <laughs> you know? So, and I was in this really interesting category where I was six feet tall and there were not yeah. a lot of leading men that were taller than five, seven, five, oh, eight. No. Yeah, I know. So, you know. One of the first roles I got in, let's see, it was 1990. In 1990, I got a film called Sweet Justice. And Sweet Justice was about this group of gals, ex-special forces and stuff, who come back together to, you know, to bust some bad guys or whatever. I can't even remember the full story. But on that production, I met a guy who was a stunt coordinator. 
and he worked, he was a stunt coordinator for one of the bigger, biggest groups, Stunts Unlimited. And he said to me, he's like, hey, you know, I know you're like this big actress and stuff, but if you ever want to do any stunts, let me know. And I was like, well, what would I have to do? And he was like, well, just depends on what you want to do. You know, you do fights and everything, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you know, sometimes they just need someone to just jump out of the way or just just to keep their eyes open and do ND stuff. And I went, okay, cool. And literally like two to three weeks later, he called and was like, hey, you need to go see this other stunt coordinator because they're looking for a double on speed for one of the actresses. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So I go in and I meet Gary Himes, who is the stunt coordinator on speed. And he's like, yep, you're perfect. You know? And I was like, great. I'm going to be doubling somebody. But there was a gal on the bus who was like this featured extra on the bus who was five foot (laughs) 11. And I went, cool. And ended up having such a blast and went, okay, cool. And once one of the stunt coordinators from stunts, he was also with Stunts Unlimited, then it kind of became this thing. Oh, hey, there's this six foot tall black chick and she's kind of handy. So (laughs) they just kind of like, you know, kind of like pass me around the group and here you go. Here's a black chick, you know, because at that time there really weren't any, there were like three of us. Yeah. And And that was it. So I had a very, very good career as, you know, as a stunt woman as well in those early days. And some really cool movies. Oh, Mm -hmm. I bet. No, I love talking to stunt people because I think it's so fascinating. It's so uh, like real stunts and like watching like those 80s, 90s movies, like actually seeing the people dive out of the way or actually seeing like CGI just sometimes just takes it away. When you when you <laughs> it's know true. it's not real looking, but no, you yeah. knocked it out of the park. It was speed, bordello of blood, bulletproof, mm-hmm. speed to mm-hmm. blade, like all these movies that you had the opportunity. Yeah, and again, you're on set, you're working, so that's like that was like an early foray for you, like being totally. behind the camera because totally. you're really seeing how everything works. I'm just gonna turn some light on here. Yeah, there no we problem. go. Look, hey. Ooh, there I am. <laughs> I'm like, it's getting dark outside. I'm like, oh, better turn this on now. Yeah. <laughs> How about that one there? That's good. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, my stunt days, I mean, really my stunt days were almost way better than my acting days because I loved working on the stunt team because it was a team. And, you know, we always... Uh, like on Blade, there were like 10 of us. So that was a blast, you know. And on Speed 2, there were like 10 of us or 14 of us, however many of us, right? And it was just like I always loved being part of the stunt team. And you have your meeting and you're like, this is what everybody's doing. And then we're going to do this and then you're going to do that. And it's like, awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What was the, awesome. like, I know they always make sure the stunts are tested because the stunt coordinator wants to make sure that you're safe. Was there ever one that you're like, I don't know, that you had to do? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I had gotten um, one of the master vampires in John Carpenter's Vampires. Oh, awesome. Movie. And, yeah, Amazing. And the stunt coordinator was the original stunt coordinator on Mortal Kombat. But on Mortal Kombat Annihilation, he ended up having another gig that overlapped and conflicted. So he couldn't do the show. So it was like, ugh, we had been wanting to work together. So he brought me in to meet John and Sandy on John Carpenter's Vampires. That's awesome. And he had originally called me in and said, hey, do you want to do a fire burn? And I was like, yeah, nope. 
uh, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah. good on the fire. And he's like, oh, but it's just going to be. I'm like, Mm-mm, I do not do fire. That's not my thing. So I, and I'm, and I was at that point where I knew enough stunt people to know you don't lie about what you do. So I was like, mm, no. And he goes, oh, hold on a second. Let me go ask them, you know, if there's something else they want you to do. So he comes back about 20 minutes later and he goes, okay, they're going to make you one of the masters. And I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, oh, it's no big deal. You just have to crawl out of a grave, do some fights, no big deal. And I'm like, sweet, crawl out of a grave? That sounds so up my alley. <laughs> You know, thinking, oh, we're going to be in, <laughs> we're going to be in a graveyard and it'll be open. We'll just crawl out, you know, super simple, easy. Mm. Yeah. First day, on, <laughs> first day on set, first day we go to shoot the, va- the masters. We, they take us out to the middle of like, basically the middle of nowhere in the desert out in Santa Fe. And we get to this wash and there are eight like holes in the ground with all this dirt next to it and they were like okay find a hole lay down and see which one you fit in oh my god i'm like thinking oh okay that's interesting so we go lay down and i'm like yeah this what this works and there was this box there was a box right with these two flaps that came over my face go over our face like this and then they're like okay everybody lay down and we had walkie-talkies you know open channel walkie-talkies inside these graves with us and they proceeded to bury us alive oh my gosh and it was like okay lay down the flaps come down and they just start shoveling dirt over us and it's like wait whoa and then it's getting heavy and there's like the impact on the chest and I'm like oh my god oh I didn't think I was claustrophobic until maybe just a little bit you know and then it becomes a mind game and it's like no just relax just meditate with this right and I'm you're trying to listen for direction because it was very specific they were like okay because of the way in which we were placed there was you know there were three lines of us and then Thomas Ian Griffith Valak the master the master of the masters yeah and so it's like it went this, 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 and and we all like come out of the ground when we're on cue. Oh my god! And then it was like, hurry up, yeah, hurry up, you know, because air's running out, and you're just like, okay, just relax, just relax, just relax. You you got this. It's okay. And then we come out, do it again. It's like. Four takes later, it was like, ugh. But I tell you something, for as scary as it was, it was the coolest scene I have ever had in a movie with all of my acting, all of my stunts. That scene right there was the coolest I've ever done. That's awesome. I rewatched that. I've watched that movie a ton of times. I think it's so underrated out of the John Carpenter movies. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Yeah, it really wow. is. Buried alive. And it was just a blast. It was such a blast. We had so much fun. How long would you think? How how long were you actually buried? I, I know, it probably felt like Ooh. hours. We were probably buried. Mm, I'd say three, four, five minutes. Oh man! Which, yeah, yeah, and do it again. Ooh. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I remember one time thinking, oh, I'm going to be really clever. And, <laughs> and I, it was the first day I'd met John. So he's yeah. super cool and he's just chill and he's behind the monitor and he's just kind of smoking a cigarette and he's like, okay, action, let's do this. And the second time we did it, I thought I'm going to be clever because my costume was this long dress, right? And I thought, oh, I'm going to be clever because if I lift my legs up, the dirt goes kind of underneath my legs so that it's not so heavy on top of me. 
Only what happened was, <laughs> what had happened was, <laughs> when I came out of the ground, because he was like very specific, your hands come out first, and then your hands come out, and you sit straight up. That's how you come out. And then you get up. So hands come out, sit straight up, go to get up, can't get up. Go to get up. Huh. And I'm like, because the dirt had caught my dress, the back panel of my dress, and was weighing it down, and I couldn't get it out of the dirt. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was like, everything was great, except that. He's like, you're up, you're down, you're up. I was like, I am so sorry. He's like, it's all right, don't worry about it, it's all good. I'm like, mm, shit. <laughs> well, what a great experience. It's so cool that you had yeah. that other like avenue, so when you're directing, because I totally. know it's going to happen... You can talk to the, you know, I've been in your spot here. Go to minute so-and-so. You can tell them that story because people people like when people have done what done the job. There's, like, more of a respect. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I used to do that. or But, uh, no, it's so cool that you had that opportunity that somebody came, approached you and you said yes. Not a lot of people say yes. They think about it and then their opportunity is lost because they hesitate. Yeah, well, so, Exactly. I mean, and for me, it was like, it was kind of like a no brainer because I had been an athlete my whole life anyways. So I was like, eh, what's going on? You know, I was training boxing. I was training martial arts. I was, you know, doing all that stuff anyways. So they're like, Hey, you want to come do a fight? And I'm like, sure. Why not get paid for it? Why not? You know? And then it became like, wow, I, I actually, I really like this. And then I started training more and working with more people and trying to broaden my skills so that I had more to offer than just, you know, jumping out of the way of something. Yeah. And, you know, and it was, it was just, it was so cool. I mean, and I really, I almost liked working. I liked working more as a, honestly, working as a stunt person than working as an actor. And then kind of niched out that I was a stunt actor because there was nobody called a stunt actor back then because it was known in the industry that stunt people can't act and actors can't do stunts. And then there's this whole group of us that started working out together that were actors that were athletic that learned how to do stunts. And now, like 20 some odd years later, 30 years later, it's a thing. Like stunt acting is an actual, you know, thing because they oftentimes they'll producers will want someone who can actually act. Yeah. And you want somebody to, who's the main actor that you're watching. You don't want to see like that bad toupee or that bad wig or when they put a man (laughs) in a woman's wig and you see like hairy legs, like jumping off of a building or something, but that's pretty cool. So sweet justice. When you got that, that was because uh, you had the martial arts background. Did that have mm-hmm. fighting in that? I saw Kathleen Kinmont yes. was in that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I met Kathleen and we became lifelong friends. Yeah, she's and awesome. And yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. And then you were on Renegade so, for a couple episodes, which uh-huh. is pretty cool. Yep. Did a couple episodes of Renegade fighting, which was cool, <laughs> yeah. you know get to use these skills yeah how did that begin <laughs> did you do that just growing up like in colorado you do martial no. arts oh no i started training martial arts when i mean i had taken a couple of classes with my dad when i was young in karate um but once i got to la and then started meeting some people and then found my kung fu instructor and i was like oh i liked uh well i dated mark DeCoscos and his huh dad created one hop kundo kung fu and so i started training with him and then when him and i split up one of his dad's students started teaching and i started training with him and he became my sifu and i trained with him for 10 years wow that's cool yeah. you had that that you had that back so you, you have it all like you have that opportunity like to be able to audition and they like yeah. instead of like saying like oh we're going to have to get somebody that can do those this fight scene that's what, 5 minute fight scene it's like oh no I can do that too and it's like all right nice right. yeah yeah it was it was an advantage for me for sure so the big so. role i think the coolest role that you had 
Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I think that such a neat. Obviously, the people could say what they want about the movie. It's it was such a cool follow up, and like you mentioned, like the stunt coordinator. I know obviously the stunt coordinator is important. There was just like these so many things that happened with the movie when it came to like some of the cast being able to be in the second one, whether it had been for yes. maybe they wanted more money or just they were booked and they couldn't do something else. But I think it's such a cool. Mo- I don't know, like talking to Brian. And I'll get your sentiment about the movie. But like when I talked to Brian, he like loved that movie so much because when he was in, he was in a, a martial arts movie and he wasn't doing the martial arts. He was like, man, why? Which uh, with uh, Richard Norton and I should know her name, the martial arts. Uh... Cynthia Rothrock. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was yeah, it was the movie with them too as co- I think she was a teacher doing karate and he was the Richard Norton was a cop and. And uh, Brian was like a drug dealer, like causing havoc in the town. But he was telling me from that movie, he was like, I really should learn this. So he like really started training and doing everything. And then just just that movie. So how how did that role come about? Was that just an open casting call? Did Mm -hmm. somebody refer you to it because of your stunt work or anything? No, it was an open casting. And my agent had to push to yeah. get me in there because, yeah, casting was like, eh, 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 and they hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed. And finally, you know, she pushed. I knew Jeff Amata was doing the stunt coordinating on it. And I just went to him and I was like, hey, like, I need I need help getting <laughs> in the door. And I think he pushed. And then I auditioned and auditioned again and then had another call back. And then five callbacks later, um, I think I auditioned seven times for them. Wow. Seven times. And <laughs> finally, they were like, okay, I don't think we're going to find anyone else for Shiva. And I was like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. What, what was like the, was there any difficult parts of that role? Like, was it like, cause you wore prosthetics in that movie. I wore the arms. Yeah. 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 The most difficult part was when the fight got cut. I was oh, like, I know. I was supposed to have, it was so, that it was got cut. Hard. It got cut filming or it got cut to be in the movie. It caught bef- got cut before we filmed it. Oh, I was reading that. When yeah. we were going to talk like a few years ago, I was reading about that. And I thought there was an actual, I thought it was actually filmed. So they didn't even film no. it? No, didn't even film it. No. It was supposed to be me and Reptile. Okay. In in triplicate. Like Reptile, triplicate, you know. Yeah can split off into multiple reptiles yeah. and it was supposed to be me reptile and Raiden and they ended up cutting the Shiva part because it was you know CGI and it was expensive and it was you know it was a million dollar sequence so <sighs> or so or so I was told I, mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know the exact numbers but they're like yeah it's, it's, it's expensive like and I was just like but <laughs> she doesn't fight <laughs> She doesn't fight in the movie, and if she's not gonna fight in the movie, then why is she in the movie? Because I said it's gonna piss the fans off because she's so popular in the game. Oh yeah, yeah. So people were not happy. Yeah, that was the wild west of CGI. It's so funny when you watch movies yes. at that time. Yes, it's really funny when you watch like Jurassic Park and I think even to this day you watch Jurassic Park which I know you're in the in Lost World but it's so funny just mm-hmm. thinking about it like there's movies that came out around that time that I'm not talking small budget like Roger Corman like B movies or anything that right. that had their type of CGI I'm talking like other big big budget movies because it was such a big like it was so new that you can have somebody that yeah. was like myself young convince someone and then, like you said, like a million dollars a sequence, I believe, and they just hired the wrong person. And after you spend that money, you're not going to, you can't, you can only have so much money to make a film. So that's why some yeah. movies you see bad CGI because they couldn't probably redo it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so better not do it than risk it. Right. Yes. So, yeah, it was a bummer, though. It was truly a bummer because I was really looking forward to that. And I was, yeah, that was really going to be like oh my god i finally have a really good fight in a movie as this character and oh sorry no 
It's 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 one of those oh, well. series, and I saw it the other day, which it's so funny when they all came out at the same time, because that's the way Hollywood does things. Which I, why wouldn't you? If something's hot, you go with it. Like Street right. Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and Street Fighter, they're doing another movie. I don't know who's going to be in it or anything. I think they're. T- it's like an early talks for it. But Mortal Kombat's one of those movies that since Annihilation came out. There have been so many fan-made movies, and I'm sure you've seen them or people yes. sent you to them. Or, but there was the one with Jax as the cop. It was like an 11 minute short, and he was a detective. It was like before yep. he turned. And I'm like, why isn't this the movie? Not nothing against the movie that just came out. I thought it was pretty good. Right. But it was like so cool, like almost like a prequel of seeing mm-hmm. like these people like before everything. But uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, before they were. <laughs> what what they were yeah what they were yeah <laughs> but no that's he cool once I, was a cop <laughs> but it's it stinks that your scene got cut but it was still obviously a yeah. cool experience to play that character yes. so i'm sure so many people like you said it was such a popular character in the game i'm sure there's so many people that still were like seeing her on the big screen you know yeah big time i mean then there's been this sudden revival not sudden revival you right it's like i have done more interviews and podcasts about the mortal combat universe than anything else (laughs) you know because the 30-year reunion was just i think last year or something like that for the game oh my gosh yeah I'm just like, it's just the universe that's never going to die. Yeah. There's always going to be Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I think, I think it's like, it's so crazy. Like, it's not like when it comes to different age groups, but like my age group, there's like this, such this nostalgia because at the time when we, when I was growing up, I was born in 86. Like in that mm-hmm. time you're growing up, like computers, like in your, my early part of my childhood, computers weren't big. Like if you had a computer, right. it was almost the, like, in the sixties or fifties when people had a TV, it was like sort of rare. Like maybe the rich kid down the street have it. My dad was a garbage man. My mom was a waitress. So like we didn't have it until years later, but (laughs) it was just like one of those things you had all these. So like video games were such a big thing, but like nostalgia, I love uh, watching those things from the nineties, talking about things from those nineties, but that's cool that people are, uh, it's keeping those things alive. It's totally keeping it alive totally you know so i'm like hey long live shiva i don't care long live yes yes <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other like fr- from the from the re- there's so many other credits that you have but i think it was cool you had the opportunity to work with carpenter again you worked with him mm-hmm. uh, on ghost, ghost of mars, mars which ghost of mars. the crazy yeah. thing at the time did you when you when you're on that set for that movie did you know that that was supposed to be a snake plissken movie no and, and they just changed i it? didn't yeah, I didn't. They just they're you know Sandy was just like, hey, I got this kind of crazy you know ghost weird character <laughs> you know, and do you want to come in and do? It? I was like, yeah, sure, of course, you know, it's you guys, of course. Yeah, you know, she goes, ah, you're just gonna be this mental patient sawing at your teeth, and I'm like, sweet, sounds great. <laughs> Isn't it so great when you really think about like the the job that you get, like playing pretend. Like, it's so neat. Like, yes. It's like, oh, you're doing this today. And then, oh, in two weeks, it's like, oh, what's that job I have in two weeks? Something I have to do else. this. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like. So, I mean, it's been fun. Oh, yeah. And then right around that time, Beastmaster. So, we were kind of talking about it in the beginning. Uh, anytime you can get a series that you're on for a while. Even Crusade was a few years before that. So, it's kind of like back right? to back, right? Crusade. Yeah. And then did that end? And then right away, like, Beastmaster, like, a few months yeah. after? Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. It was, you know, because Crusade, we're kind of like sort of in that, like, are we going to go? Or are we not going to go? Is it going to happen? You know, we got 13 episodes with the possibility of nine on the back end, and then it didn't happen. And then Beastmaster happened. <laughs> what is that like <laughs> as an like, actor? Oh, okay. What is that like as an actor? Like when you're on a series like that and they go, all right, you're hired. You got the role. We got 13 episodes. Is it something that each time one's done, are people like saying anything or are you guys looking at the ratings? Like, how does that work? You know, I never really watched the ratings. I just, 
you know, I would go to work and we would have a good time and they're like, oh, and we're doing this episode, but we didn't get picked up. It was like, wait, what? And the fans kind of went through their whole outrage because Babylon 5 was five years and they were expecting five years of crusade on the back end of that. And when that didn't happen, it was sort of, it was like, oh, the 13 lost episodes of crusade. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but in, in our minds, you know, even going through like, Hey, um, you know, we actually did pretty good in the ratings, but it was a conflict of interest with the network and the producers. So you can't do anything about that. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't do anything about it. It's just like, okay, well. I guess on to the next thing. Yeah. That's the worst thing yeah. about it. like it's it's yeah. part of life like who you know or whoever's in charge like a, a guy that can come in cuz yeah. one guy leaves is the new head of the network and he's like, hey, "I really don't like this show." It's like, "But this show does really well." But I don't really I don't watch it. Totally. It's terrible. And that's a cool cast. You, Gary Cole, yeah. Daniel Day Kim, like mm-hmm. all these people are like pretty much about to pop. Like Gary at this yeah. time, which is pretty cool when you think about when you Think about that time of seeing him in this type of role. He's uh, Mr. Brady, like around yes. this time, 97, 98. Yeah. 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 And it was so much fun because it was just like, oh, my God, working with Gary Cole. Yeah. Working with Gary Cole, you know. And it's like, there's Gary Cole. And we used to just have, you know, it was like a crack up. And he used to say, God, I hope this really goes, you know, because like every series I've ever done is like, not ever gone to series Uh, and we were all like wait what are you the bad (laughs) luck are you the kiss of death (laughs) here you know and then we didn't go and we're all like gary (laughs) gary that's the whole thing with ted mcginley has that uh curse he was on like two shows in the 80s he he went on happy days which was on for what 16 years well i don't think people i don't think people realize and then he showed up it got canceled. And there was another show that he was on, like right after that, it was on for like 20 years. He was on for the last season. It got canceled. Right. <laughs> it's, and it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> but no, it, but when one door closes, another door opens. Beastmaster. And that's yep. cool. Like, you, you know, again, obviously you'd want it to be like a long, long run. But I think the idea of yeah. being on a series is great because you're working with the same people. For a long time to shoot 22 episodes, that's a long, right? That's over two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, each uh, each season was about eight, nine months. Oh, okay. It takes about nine months to do 22 episodes. You know, if you factor in, like, we shot in Australia, so the seasons oh, are different. That must be and, awesome. Yeah. So that was cool, you know, living in Australia for, like, three years. It was great. And so... The seasons, because they're different, you know, summer is over December, you know, November, December, January, February, that's summer. And all the rest of it is like, you know, you go there's summer and then fall and then, you know, you got your spring, your winter and then your spring, you know. And we shot from like September... We'd shoot like September around to May, but then we'd have that time period off over the holidays, but then come back and have to do pickups and, you know, or we start, I can't remember, or we started in May and then went all the way through January, but it was, it, it was structured a little bit differently for as far as the way in which they worked with the actors down there because they'd guarantee a certain number of days. So you got your guarantee of days and then anything on top of that was just a bonus. Oh, nice. So it wasn't like, oh, we're going to put you in 10 out of the 22 episodes. It's like, we're going to work you the number of days and that could span, you know, you could work one day on every episode. Yeah. Right. But it ended up where in the first season I was in the well, season two, I had a certain number of days and then by the end of the season, they were like, Hey, you know, your character is doing really well and, and rating really well. And so we're going to have to 
take you from being the bad guy to being the good guy. That's cool. Because if we keep you a bad guy, we're going to have to kill you. <laughs> and we don't want to kill you because you're doing really well in the ratings. Yeah. So we're going to make you a good guy. So I, you know, went from being a bad guy when I was first in the character was first introduced to being a good guy in season three. So and and then ended up getting double the days in season three than I did in season two. Nice. It's so cool so, the fan really the cool. fan saying, Oh man, we really like this character. Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. changes everything for you. You know, you might have been off everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, changed it all. It was awesome. Like it was so awesome. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> How about I always like asking people this about their career. Like over the years, like obviously you don't know like when you're in the moment, like like appre- like appreciating like what you're doing like maybe for the first time like the first time you're on set or, like Bill and Ted or even like your first big modeling gig did you ever keep any mementos over the years like when you're on a set like call sheets or outfits or anything yes nice i i kept every single contract <laughs> every call sheet i had at one point in time every script and then I thought, oh, God, they were all in storage. Then I thought, mm, I can't keep lugging these things around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I just kept, like, certain ones. Like, I kept my Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure script That's because awesome. it was the first movie role I ever spoke. So I kept that. But I kept all my contracts to see, like, you know, where I came from. Like, his, oh, this is how much I made then. Yeah. And here's where I'm at now. And oh my God, this is kind of cool. And I kept, um, I have my costume from Beastmaster. Nice. And I have my costume, part of my costume from a movie of the week I did called Code Red, The Rubicon Conspiracy. And there were a couple other things I think I kept here and there. Like one of the the coolest things is when you're on a cast like Beastmaster or, or Crusade, they give you um, for your chair a chair back uh. a director's chair chair back so i have my chair backs from mortal Kombat, from crusade and from hostage that was hostage was the only movie that i was on besides you know besides um mortal Kombat that i actually have a chair back from that's really cool so i those are really cool how about carpenter did he give any yeah. good gifts i heard he gives really good gifts sometimes on um, movies God, did we have any? Maybe when he first started, that was the thing he did. Yeah, I don't remember, but they treated us so well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sandy King is like a legend with her crews. I mean, she just treated everybody so, 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 so well. And that was part of the joy of working for them is because Sandy had definitely had the gift of hospitality and she took care of everyone. Yeah, no, he just yeah. a rock and roller man. He's got that rock and roller mindset. Him and his boys, and then yep. Nick Castle went on, obviously playing mm-hmm. Michael Myers, directing. Uh, the piano player, his name slips my mind. Tommy, uh, he directed Halloween three, and he directed Fright Night Part two. He's directed like a right. bunch over the years. Tommy Lee Wallace, he was the mm-hmm. piano player, I think. But yeah, those three guys in a band, and then they hit yeah. it big with this Halloween movie, and then. Uh, the rest is yeah. history. And, and I know, right? Yeah. And then and that's all she wrote, right? Yeah. So what are yeah. so what are some other things? Obviously, you know, you, you angel investor, you need, you need you mm-hmm. for the for the movie. Is there yep, any definitely. Do you want to like is there any particular genres you'd want to direct? Is there one that you have your mindset on? Yeah, I love sci-fi, fantasy, okay. action. That's kind of my thing. I'm not really like, ooh, let me do this big drama. <laughs> not really my thing. Yeah. So the movies that I gravitate to are, you know, more along the action type thing. You know, the one of the projects I'm writing is a fantasy um, action picture, and the Darren McBee project is just straight up like action, comedy nice. action, and. It's well, comedy action drama. It's it's we're making an eighties movie on purpose. Nice. So <laughs> you know, it's about four guys, four veteran police officers who um get 
thrown under cover cover as a bad eighties rock band in order to bust a drug and sex trafficking ring. Wow. And they're this bad hair band and it's just like ooh, right. So what what age are the guys? That's really funny. Like forties? Um, no, they're much older than that. Oh. <laughs> There's they were supposed to be forties, but they're all older now because when they first started it, they were all. Oh, nice. And it's like 20 years later now. So they're, they're like late fifties, early sixties. And it's hilarious because, you know, part of the humor of it is that they are getting older and they're like, what, how are we going to go on? Why are we going undercover as like (laughs) this rock band? Like we haven't played music for 20 years, you know? So that's part of the comedy of it. And yeah. Call Brian so, up. Get Brian Thompson funny. in that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, if, I don't know. If yeah. You, there was a movie a few like recently that came out uh, VFW. It was about a guy like older VFW. guys hanging out of VFW. I haven't seen it. Uh, Fred Williamson, Good the hammers in it. Uh, yep. Yep. William Sadler's in it. Martin, Martin, Marty Cove. It's like all of those. It's like all of that era of guys. You think. And it's like these vampires from doing like, these people take these bad drugs, like these punks and they get like kind of mm-hmm. infected and they storm the bar. But it's like such a cool movie because you see these guys that you see basically from when they were younger, grown all the way up. Like I chatted with William right. Sadler and I think he's like one of the coolest guys, like great, great actor and just yeah. so down to earth came from the yeah. middle of nowhere in New York and then became uh, right. You know who he is, but and became, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like you, Minnesota to Colorado to ASU, and then uh, to ASU in Hollywood. So cool! No, it's so cool the the modeling aspect and the fact that just so happened it was at that time they were filming college movies at ASU, and yes. you were somebody was like, "Hey, you should be a PA on this movie," and then from Campus Man you go to the next movie, and then Maybe. somebody just, "Hey, can you drive my car to LA?" Isn't it crazy when you really yeah. think about these moments in life? Yeah, that put you where you are today or the moments that you had in the past big time big time it it's it's really like it's wild like yeah. it's wild i think back and you know i had um at one point in time i don't even know where i met him i think i may have met him at uh i worked as the guest list girl uh, for the palladium nightclub on saturday nights for four years and I had, they had hired me because they had seen me in a music video for somebody and they were like, Hey, we've got an ad. We want that girl in our ad. So I did this ad and it's, it was this big, huge campaign for the Palladium Hollywood. And it ended up being a billboard in Hollywood. And they're like, we want you to come work at the club. Can you come work at the club? And I was like, sure, why not? I'll make, (laughs) you know, a hundred bucks a night, $400, uh, you know, a month with cash was like, stellar back then (laughs) you know the 80s and 90s it's like heck yeah 100 bucks a night cash i'll do it right (laughs) and i don't know how it even came apart but i i guess you know either barry gordy who was you know big huge massive producer music producer had said to me like hey do you want to you know make music and you know be a singer and i was like yeah no and my girlfriend was like, look, you know, if Barry Gordy's asking you, they'll just train you to be a singer. And I was like, yeah, singing is not my thing. I don't want to be a singer. And, you know, I look back now and go, you know what? After I saw all of the friggin' singers making movies, I thought, you're an idiot. Because you could have been a singer and gotten a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Your acting career would have taken off. Oh, well. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> is what it is. That's so crazy yeah. that he saw you. And because obviously, super attractive. You're a model for all those years. And it's so great that he right. found you from that. And he goes, You know what? Do you ever think yeah. about singing? Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know how to play the Hollywood game. Just didn't yeah. know how to play it. So, oh, well. Oh, well. Is what well, it is. Marjane, this has been awesome. I'm so happy we connected. This has been a year and a half, two years later. Yeah, two years later. Marjane was so cool. I'm I'm telling you, uh, 
it's just so cool when you connect with somebody after so much so much time and we had such chemistry going back and forth like just before we started recording we were we were talking about so many different things and it was just cool to hear her journey in Hollywood and you being an actress and like she mentioned she was one of two African American stunt women in Hollywood at that time you know in the early 90s which is crazy to think about there but Crazy times, obviously, and hopefully things are getting better. But man, that's insane that there was only two African American stunt women in the early in the early nineties. But man, I love talking to Marjean. Be I'll put all of her links in the episode notes so you can follow her, Google her, keep tabs on her. She has some new stuff coming out, Garrison Seven, 7, which is a TV series. I don't know if that's fully out yet. And then she's going to be directing, like we talked about. It sounds really cool, like really awesome. I'm really happy for her. And uh, it was cool that she divulged and gave you a little sneak peek. All right, your homework, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Our buddy, Brian Thompson, who's in that movie, which it's pretty wild that Marjean worked at Universal at the same time and they actually knew each other, which I think is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, it's like three bucks to rent everywhere. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, Check it out, man. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, You know how some characters could come back, some couldn't. And just, uh, it's Mortal Kombat, man. That's all. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. Good night, guys.